It's Josh Williams here with yet another bonus episode of the One Man Podcast for you guys, brought to you by Absolute Comedy, of course. Today, my guest is a local, uh, not just a local, a favorite here at the local Absolute Comedy, all the way from Houston, Texas, my buddy, Mr. Scott White. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Josh. Good to be here. Absolutely. So this is, uh, is this your first week here doing the, the Absolute Comedy run here in Ottawa? No, this is my last week. It's your last week. It's you my last the, week. You did the other clubs already? I did the other clubs already. How so this they? is Really good. Yeah. Yes, really enjoyed them. Um, when I, w- I was in Toronto, my first week in Toronto, I didn't. I either forgot or uh, didn't realize that they were they're a little more sensitive in Toronto. Yeah, uh, Kingston and Ottawa are a little more blue collar, but in Toronto there was a lot. Ooh, oh, ah. So, <laughs> but uh, as the as the weeks went on, that sort of went away. But I, I was just sort of taken aback. It's like, oh, okay. So I find that too in Toronto, but it's it's funny because the Toronto comics when they come to Ottawa, they're like, oh, Ottawa is way more conservative than Toronto. Really? Which I've I've not found. I've found that in Toronto they they tend to be a little more uh, a little more judgmental in Toronto. It, it could just be that because those comics are from there, they know how to maneuver those waters. That's so, true. Like when you see a New York comic in New York, they know they know how to handle it. And I guess it's in somebody coming because I did it like years ago. I did a set in New York and. I totally felt myself out of like a fish out of water and all the other New York comics on there were just handling it. Yeah. yeah, Like nobody's business. eh? That's fucking hilarious. And it's, it's strange too, because they would go outside somewhere else. And if they had a tougher, Oh, I don't like that town. That town's tough. It's like, well, it's no tougher than New York. You just haven't been to that place. Right. Exactly. You just don't have the local references. The local references. Get you out of the fucking trouble. I did. Um, I, but uh, speaking of that, um, Rich Hall, do you know who the comedian? Rich Hall, he was he's a stand up. He was on a show uh, in the state or on HBO, and my uh, not necessarily news. Anyway, he he said one time, like whenever he goes to a, a new place, he'll. Well, this was back when there was newspapers. He goes, I yeah. I'd pick up a paper and I just read about a bunch of local stuff, and then he would uh, incorporate that in his show, uh, local references and stuff like that. And he said that would help get the audience on their side. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I began, you know, in Toronto. Well, in Toronto, I started off with when I was my MC week. I was just like, I'm the MC. I'm up here. I'm not the headliner. I'm just going to do a short time. I'll do like four minutes and out like the Raptors and uh, four oh, yeah. and out. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that was, they didn't really get behind that one. So, yeah, exactly. but I incorporated some more local references and that actually really helped. Got them on my side right away. And then after that, it was uh, cake. Yeah, and it's I like the idea that it's like you read local stories and things like that that are that are not uh, interchangeable because sometimes I'll have comics come to town and they'll go, uh, "Hey, what's like the bad part of town? Oh hey, yeah, what's what's like the shitty university? What's it's the like, what's the ghetto grocery store? Yeah, yeah. they always say, so it's always going to be the same joke no matter where Cornwall. You go. I, what's corn? I, I'm not Cornwall has been dropped several times. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's a town like 40 minutes away. Yes, yeah, so there's when, nothing like it's just a small town and they're just I mean they're poor. They're on the but American yes, border. like like this week uh, during the you know the amateurs, uh, yeah, like, like three comics dropped Cornwall and the audience just went nuts. Yeah, that's the close town that sucks, and then Vanier is the shitty part of the town you're in, right? Because there's always the shitty part of the town you're in, and then there's the what's the close town that sucks, boo, mm-hmm. like, which I you know I, it feels kind of uh, 
It's like playing, what is it, Mad Libs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just insert this word here. It's going to be the same story every time, but just put, you know, I don't know. I I don't have any jokes like that in my act, thank God. But I, it's funny to me every time, like, somebody will come up and go, hey, uh, hey, so what's, like, the, the shitty university? What's the shitty grocery store? What's the what's the neighboring town that's, it's like, no. Now, when I'm up, I'll, when I'm in Canada, I'll say, will they get this reference or that reference? Yeah, Whether, that's fine. Yes, whether they have this up here and they don't, you know, not in the States or what. So right. like one time I did a, I did a, a brawny man reference, which is, it's a brand of paper towels in the States. Oh yeah. 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 A brawny guy. And the dude with the plaid shirt. Right. Okay. And I did it up here and it was nothing. So, really? and I asked somebody, I go, would, if I did a brawny man reference and I don't know, maybe they were just screwing with me. I go, if I did a brawny man reference, would they get it? And the guy goes, Oh yeah, they'd get it. I didn't know it's called brawny man. Yeah. Hearing Brawny Man, I was like, is that the one with the the axe or whatever? Yeah. But it's also it's also in Stephen King's It. The Brawny Man guy comes to life. There's like a big tall statue oh, of yeah. him in Derry. And, and Pennywise used to come to life to scare a kid. So I would also get it only because I've read that book. But there's a lot of things that we don't have here. Like Trader Joe's, we don't have here. No. And I would imagine that's like a Whole Foods or something it like is, that. It is. It is, yes. Is it smaller scale or? It's a smaller scale Whole Foods. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's, like we get reference. We don't have Sonic and TGI Fridays and all that shit. But we get that they're like Denny's or whatever. Or, or yeah, again, Fuddruckers and that kind of shit. These are all places I want to go as a fat guy. <laughs> see the, I see the commercials when we occasionally have the blunt playing up here on a, an American channel. I'll be like, fuck, that shit looks good. It is like, good. No wonder they're fat. It's like $3.99 for all you can eat fucking steak em sandwich. Like, what the fuck yeah. is going on down there? It's funny, too. I'll, I'll give you an example. I'm going to Los Angeles next month, and I'm obviously overweight. Mm. So I, I'm just looking forward to maybe jumping on some stages and having people, oh, he's from Canada. I go, look, guys, I know I'm Canadian, but I look American. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe get away with That's the same thing as shit on the rappers. Like, did he just call us fat? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> while calling himself fat at the same time um yeah man i i mean i get the i get those references like i said it's too it's it's cool though when you're reading stuff that from the area like again there's nothing wrong with having jokes like local references are fine right a lot of people are like oh local reference but yeah it's as long as it's unique i would say right if you're doing something like i read the paper today hey that story about this that or the other mm. that's fine you're not doing that in every city as long as it's not like a pull out one word and it's a pull out you know take out cornwall put in whatever yes yeah, yeah. all right birmingham and yes where are we going next <laughs> hamilton like all these places right so um yeah very cool so the weeks went well you're still here this week uh for anyone listening guys i always try to plug this in the beginning uh this episode will come out on friday morning that should be when you're hearing it if you are you have an opportunity to see scott at absolute comedy in ottawa absolutecomedy.ca to get your tickets for that um just always a reminder before we get too far into it right we want to let them know that they still have a chance to absolutely see you. Yes. in the ottawa area they have a chance to still see you we just start getting you guys into ottawa first so that i can plug all three weeks on the <laughs> podcast in case they're listening elsewhere um well i um our our mutual buddy Slade Ham. He was yeah. yeah. He started here first, I believe. Yeah, and then ended in Toronto. So yeah, and then I didn't. I didn't even know that that was. I didn't even know Slade was here until like the like the like maybe ten o'clock on the Sunday night. Oh really? Yeah. Like I or, or no, it was the Monday. I didn't even see him till Monday. I went in to do a spot, and he he was hanging out. Sam was here too, and I was like, oh shit! I didn't. Oh, they were both here. Yeah. I, oh. I didn't realize you guys were here. So shit. Sorry. Mm. You want to do? It? I'm like, oh. Man. But that sucks missed opportunity <laughs> but we'll have them in definitely oh uh, definitely the they're future. two of the best yeah yeah so all of you guys from houston right houston texas or is that where you're from originally i'm originally from michigan but i live in houston oh, okay okay did you start stand-up comedy i didn't michigan? start stand-up until i moved to houston okay so, so what what moved you from michigan to houston well first of all the weather i was just 
the the winters were just getting <laughs> brutal. Yeah, and I could handle the heat more than the weather, uh, more than the cold. And I had a I had a buddy that moved down there, and he said, "Why don't you just come down and live with me until you get on your feet?" And that's what I did. So I've been there for like twenty two years. Okay. So so did you have you didn't you weren't moving jobs or anything like that no, in no. terms of that. Oh, that's cool. Fuck, I, I envy that. I was just, when I was talking with Alex too, he's like, I moved from Toronto to Los Angeles. I'm like, that's a big jump. <laughs> Takes a lot of moxie to be like, I'm just going to move halfway across the continent. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Why not? That's very, very cool. So what got you started into stand-up then? And how old were you when you started? I was, I was old. I was only, I was like 29 okay. when I started stand-up. Okay. So 28, 29. So I entered, I entered the game older. You right. Know? And I always liked, I always liked stand-up you know, just watching it on television and stuff like that. So when I moved to Canada, when I moved to Canada, when I moved to Houston, <laughs> by the way, he's moving to Canada. Moving to Canada, spoiler alert. I feel, I feel sorry for all. Canada is the country that everybody chooses to move to when somebody they don't like gets elected. Well, if so-and-so gets elected, I'm moving to Canada. And I believe the total right now is uh, zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, and they're always- We're a nice vacation home for some. Yeah. And it's always people you don't give a shit about. You can swear on this, right? Of course. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, no, not share. No, We're not going to lose share to Canada. Yeah. So. Share. <laughs> We've lost a lot of Canadians to America, but that's just because you guys have a good star system there. Yes. Right. Whereas here, they're like, what? Six cities that you can play in and they're all super far away from each other? <laughs> that sounds like fun. Uh, what were we? But what we were was saying the, how you started stand-up. Oh, I just, um, I saw, we had a trade paper. This one, you know, back, it was... Uh, uh, we had not before the internet or right when the internet was born, but we had trade papers. So on the back, it was uh, open mics at the laugh stop in Houston, Texas. And I just went there. And for like the first month, I think I just watched. And then I finally got up and did it. That's cool. And um, now is that a sign up or is that like a, it was a show a, up? It, no, up it was a there. sign up. Okay. So you, there was a chance you, it was a drawing. So they'd put all the names in the hat and you would draw and, you either you could either go up at eight fifteen or two fifteen in the morning. Okay, so it was one of those long. It, it, until every it, it, there was no end. It oh, wasn't fuck. from it wasn't from eight to ten. It was eight until everybody went up. Okay, so and in in uh, I guess to just just for fun, we'll get we'll get. I want to get back to the the standup part, but in terms of those type of like open mic lineups, whatever, um, do they still exist like that in in Houston? Like, are they if you're doing an open mic in Houston? Um, as a new person, not, not of course at your level, but, uh, if someone was to try to find an open mic or whatever, is that the same thing? It's just one of those big long shows at the club that just goes until everyone's done. It depends. Some, uh, some are like that and some are, you know, from eight to 11. Okay. So still three hour shows. It's still three hours. Yes. They try to let everybody there who's there to perform. Okay. That's, that's good in that regard. But I almost like one of the things I learned from that fucking lunatic, Jason, uh, mm-hmm. what's absolute is that like, there should be like a, an end to the show. Maybe not as crazy tight as he makes it sometimes, but, but the idea that like the audience does get tired. Yeah. So the open, the open mics are on Monday and yeah. how is the open mic here? Here? Like you still, it's still an hour and a half long show. Oh, it's only an hour. So and it's half. still an hour and a half. So like, they have to call in and sign up and stuff like that. That's right. Yeah. Like the big thing was like when I started off and I, and I, I, 
I've never been on one of those shows that goes forever. There were some yuck yucks ones where they would have like a like a pro host, and by pro I mean like the best amateur mm-hmm. um, hosting. But then they would have like 15, 16 comics on, so the show could go for two hours and fifteen minutes, and you felt it. Like you, if you were going on near the end, you're like, ugh. The audience has no energy left. No, and by I, the end, it's usually just comics in the audience. Yeah, like a, a pro show, a pro show that went for a long time. I would feel tired after a while. And the idea that when you're watching an amateur show, some of them, like you could have like, and nothing against the middle learning, but you could have like five shit amateurs. Oh, absolutely. One after another bombing. And you're just as an audience member, like waiting for it to end next, next. Like, so you just, for a three hour show, it feels like it would be exhausting. I I think an hour and a half show is because I've, I've been screwed in the fact that you get people, you know, you get, MCs or openers or whatever that go over their time. Right. And so you're, when you hit the stage, it gets keep putting, get, gets keep, gets <laughs> keep pushing back and back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll say, well, you can still do your 45 or you can still do your 40. That's not the point. If I'm supposed to be on at eight o'clock yeah. and I go on at 8.45 and do 45, it doesn't matter that I'm still doing 45 minutes. The audience is tired then. Yeah. And by the end of my set, they're going to be really tired. So yeah. it's not the time that it, it, people think it's that, oh, we're going to cut my time from 45. To th- no, no, it's not no, that. No, it's that it came at the end of the fucking. It, yeah, you want the, you want the certain spot to do your certain time. Yeah, there's a reason that. There's that, a reason that's there. Yeah. You, they, so... Well, there's a reason that friggin', you know, the editors cut things out of movies. They're not like, exactly. oh, we just made a four-hour movie. Uh, well, no, because mm. it's exhausting. And yes, nobody yeah. wants to watch a four-hour movie. You're going to lose people. They need to look mm. at that time and go, I'm not going to go see a four-hour. not looking for Lord of the Rings. Also, it's edition. a lot of it. It's uh, with theaters. <laughs> yeah. Longer movies, you know, shorter movies, they can play four times a day. Or, you know, longer movies, they yeah. can only make. And make more money. And make more money. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting, too, like. Because of the fact that, generally speaking, those open mic shows, the amateurs are also looking for feedback on the jokes. Not like, oh, this is just a paid show. Like They're, they're amateurs. They're trying to get new jokes out and see if they work. So if you're trying out a joke in front of an, an audience that's done, they're, they're, all the juice has been squeezed out of them, you're not going to get a response. Now it's actually affecting your material and your work because mm-hmm. you've you know, you've know put all this effort into it and you're, like, and you're not even getting an authentic response because mm-hmm. they're just wiped. they got nothing to give. I remember seeing uh, my, my friends and I used to go to comedy clubs all the time when I was younger. And when we went to go see George Carlin, like the opening act was killing us and we were laughing so hard. And we, like my buddy actually looked at me, okay, okay, calm down. Like we'd been to comedy clubs so many times where you're just burnt out from laughing. Like, whole, <laughs> like just where you just got nothing left and you're still like, you're smiling, but you're done with laughing. Like you just don't have it left. Your <laughs> muscles are toast. Right. You know what I mean? So that's the kind of like just that. And we, he, my friend looked over me. He's like, okay, we got to stop laughing now. We got to save it for Carlin. <laughs> like we, cause we're going to be burnt, like literally. And then it's an 18 year old. Going like, are we? We got to conserve because we're going to be done. So, the perfect example: if you can't fucking keep laughing through Carlin, then it's yeah. <laughs> that's a tough one. So, back in the, I, I wanted to ask too because you're you're right at the bottom of the states in Texas, and there's a I, I don't know if I've ever brought this up in the podcast, but I find it interesting. I, I'd love to get your take on it. Is in the states they have sort of a different format um, for shows at some places like, like here. Cause a lot of guys have brought it up before is that here in Canada, we have the second strongest act on the show is the host. Right. Right. So it's like a strong host, strong headliner, the opener, the first guy who goes up, that's the weakest guy on the show and not necessarily, but just, it's the smallest spot and it's the less trouble you can get into if it doesn't right. go well. And then the feature act being the middle, 
You know, they're doing 20 minutes. They're also, you know, usually particularly strong, but mm -hmm. they just don't have enough to headline and they're not quite a host yet either because hosting is a different monster. It's a different right? beast, yes. Yeah. So, but in the States, they do it differently. Right. right. They put the weakest guy on the show as the host. Yes. Is that, is that the way it is in Houston as well? Oh, uh, yes. Like, Th that's the way it is in the States. Okay. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of that format? I don't, I, it's tough because the uh, the well i should say they uh, in uh, vegas they don't do it that way mm. in vegas they have a professional mc right but uh no it's i like it up here better because up here not only does the mc um open the show yeah. but he or she will do time in between acts oh they don't do that no oh it's, so it's like an opening act it's a it's 15 30 45 usually MC oh, comes up and does 15. So there is no like opener. It's like the opener and MC is one and the same. Yes. I see. Okay. So the MC does 15 and you might have a guest a guest we guest spot. Um But then will he come back up afterwards or no, just no shotgun went one to the No. Next? Yes. So so the MC does their 15, the feature does their 30, the headliner does their 45 to an hour. Okay. Um it can be it can be it can be rough. If the MC does not get him going, because that means, so now it falls on the feature. Now, it, yeah, it falls on the feature. Yeah, to get him going, so they have to spend maybe ten minutes of their show getting the audience up to speed. Yeah, and then it, and then you're just handing it off at that. You're point. handing you it warmed off. them up. Yes, um, the headliner is pretty much taken care of. If you have two shitty acts in front of you before the headliner, then it's not it's not a very good show to begin with. Yeah. So. Um, but a lot of MC, yeah, a lot of MCs, uh, I've worked with tons of MC. This is my first show. You know, this oh, yeah, this is their first professional show. And they're hosting on a weekend? On a, on a weekend. Jesus. And they're hosting. So not only do they have to host, but they have to get the announcements. Up here. And you, they do it at the beginning of the show? We do it at show? the beginning. Gross. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they'll do it at the, they'll, they'll do a lot of uh, the announcements at the, at the beginning of the show. So not only are they doing their material, but they have to remember to do the announcements. And then they, you know, then it's to the feature and to the headliner. So uh, I've been to England. England has the same uh, lineup as you guys do, where yeah. the MC is stronger. You know, the MC and the the headliner are on equal grounding. They're both they're both equally as strong. Yeah, and I've heard in the UK too, like a lot of shows that they do is like. They do like four headliners. They'll do 20 minutes, 20 minutes, intermission, 20 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes. And they're all like, that's amazing. Cause it's basically headliners doing feature spots. So you can crush, crush. for 20 minutes. You can crush for 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then just good night. And then it's another, like, I would just love to see one of those shows. Sort they're of like, like oh, a headline, yeah. blue collar, you know, with yeah. they, they're all doing 20 minutes and let's crush it. Yeah. Yeah. That's to me, that's, it's also more expensive to get four headliners yeah. to come in and do that. But yeah, so I, I wasn't under the impression. I thought in the States it was like the, we, the MC is the weakest, and then he comes up in between. There's an opener, there's a feature, and it's still that little nerdy, weak guy coming up in between. Mm -mm. Nope. Okay. So to me, it sounds like they save money by doing that because the opener and the host are one and the same. They're also less experienced, so you don't have to pay them as much. Whereas yes, if you have three true. pros, host, feature, and headliner, you're paying for all of those. Well, no, I, I, it's, it's pretty much a flat rate. Yeah. So the MC, whether they have two weeks experience or 10 years experience, they're going to get paid the same. Right. But I'm saying if the position was was a more important one, like here where the host oh, has absolutely. to do it, then you got to pay three pros yes. instead of paying two pros, like feature and headliner, yes. and then the absolutely, absolutely. Of the host. 
And, and a lot of time, the MCs are just so excited to get stage time. Right. They don't even care what they're getting paid. So they're just can, happy to be on stage. Fuck, I can imagine that going off the rails. Like, if you get a host who doesn't know how to handle, like, a rowdy crowd. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because that's a difference, too, that I've noticed, especially, like, and not to run down amateurs. Like, it's, it's just experience. It's not how it is. Mm-hmm. I don't want the fucking... You know, you got a BMW. You don't want the guy who's first day mechanic working on your shit. Mm-hmm. Go practice on the fucking, you know, 90, 91 Toyotas. Right. Go break something that's already broken. You know, I don't know. That's a stupid analogy. But the idea is I want, you know, you, you want people experience, but it takes time to get there. Everyone's got to ha- have time to practice. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because there's a lot of amateur shows in Ottawa. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at Absolute Comedy. Tuesday, Wednesday at Yuck Yucks. There's a lot of amateur shows, not to mention all the open mics. And it's funny because you'll see people who do okay hosting an open mic. And then they're like, oh, I, I should be, you know, I can, I can host weekends. I can handle weekends. It's like, it doesn't even matter what you're doing. Like you can, you can do spots or you can host on an amateur show. The audience is there seeing an amateur show. You're actually getting away with certain things because the audience knows what they're seeing. But as soon as it's a weekend thing, like you said, like some of these guys, it's like, oh, it's my first time on a pro show. These hosts with no experience can get eaten alive because oh, people yes. are not there to see an amateur show. They're there to see a pro show, and their expectations are that everybody that they're going to see is a pro. I w- one of my first times here, I was working with a comic, and during his set, he was saying, "My daytime job is whatever, yeah, computer programmer, you know." And and I pulled him aside and I said, "You can't say that because they're here to see." A pro show, yeah. And if they think this is just a half time, you know, a half part time gig for you, so reward. I used to work in computers, yeah. Or I used to, yeah. But but the comics, but the audience does not want to have a hint of anything amateurish if they're paying whatever they're paying for a ticket, yeah. You know, they want even if it's not true, they want to know that all comics are are full time comics working there. Yeah, exactly. And it and it makes a difference. Like it's funny because if that expectation is that you're seeing pros, you know what I mean. Like you said, we paid for that. You don't want to fuck with expectations. Look how expectations affect relationships. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? That'll drive people crazy. So you want to go and, and let people down on a weekend. I just, I always tell the, the amateurs, I'm like, don't be so eager to do weekends until you know that you can fucking handle it because they will eat you alive. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I think Well, it's and funny. like some, if, and be careful what you ask for because if you do it and you, you fuck up, yeah. it might be a long time before you do it again. Yeah. Well, who was it? Stan Hope wrote a thing about like uh, that comedy boot camp in the States. I won't go into it. It's a long story. Do you, do you remember the one? The Kyle Cease and Louis Anderson's stand-up boot camp or whatever? I vaguely remember that. This is, all, this is getting close to like a decade ago that this came out. But it was funny because Stan Hope wrote a big thing up on it about how you know taking money to teach comedy is to an extent reprehensible depending mm. on what you're saying like this was like five days stand-up mastery to become a million dollar headliner it's like the guy's teaching it at million dollar headliners how the fuck would they know bluey anderson is well he is now but he yeah. he showed up as just like i don't know the, oh he was a special guest or something well like that. he was like co-producing it but like the little trailer that they had for it i could tell anybody if you if you type it up they may have pulled it down or whatever but like look like google stand-up boot camp you know, Kyle Cease, Louis Anderson. Kyle Cease doesn't even do that anymore. Now he does like motivational speaking and <laughs> stuff like that. Like you could tell from what people were saying about it that he was trying to like mix motivational speaking with stand-up comedy class. And then now he just does motivational speaking. So like he was clearly transitioning out of comedy to be a Tony Robbins type kind of thing. But with no experience, in, right? right? Um, but uh, Doug Stanhope wrote in the thing about how like what what they were selling was on day five, after they've taught you everything about stand-up, they're going to record your set and they're going to send it out to industry on your behalf. And Stanhope was like, 
are you fucking kidding me? He's like five days into stand-up and that's what you want everybody to see, like your first set ever. Mm -hmm. He's like, imagine you filmed the first time you ever had sex mm -hmm. and then that was your audition tape to become a porn star. Like who would want anyone to mm -hmm. see them having sex the first time because of how bad you are at it, right? So it's like if you're super eager to get on stage, oh, I just gotta go on the weekends. It's like, you really want people to see you at that level? Because that's what they're gonna remember. First impressions last a Oh, while. I, I was in a... I was in a sketch troupe long, long time ago, and I had a bunch of friends come and see me, and it was not that good. And so when I started doing stand up, I couldn't get them out to see me because they remembered this. They remembered the sketch. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm like, first of all, that's not sketch; it's stand up. And it, but I, it took a, a long time for them to come out and see me. Yeah. Because they remembered how bad the sketch the sketch show was. Yeah. How did your first set go? My first set went really, really well. Yeah. And then my second set did not go that well. It's so many stories like that in stand-up, eh? Like yeah. the first set was good, and then it's like, and thank God, right? Because if the first set hadn't gone well, it's like, who would have known if you do like like four or five hours, like, ah, maybe it's just not for me. Right. But the first one going well, you could have a bunch of bad ones afterwards, but you remember that. You remember that the first, first one. one. Going, okay, I got them once. Like, I got to get back there. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, and did you have, like you said, it was difficult to get friends. Did you have anybody there? Like any friends or family? No, no. This was because I was relatively new in Houston. So oh, okay. that's right. I that's didn't right. have a lot of friends, you know. And uh, and that, that's where I met. And that's where I met Slade. And that's where I met Sam. You know, all at the laugh stop doing the open mics. And, you know, when we all, I think Slade and, Slade and uh, Sam might have been doing it a little longer than I, ha I had at that point. But we were all... Sort of coming yeah, up at the same coming time. up at the same time, emceeing and stuff like that, and maybe featuring, but mostly emceeing. How did your so back in with that format of the the speaking? Oh well, Doug Stanhope. This is a weird. Uh, I was originally my first MC gig was originally scheduled with Doug Stanhope. Oh yeah, but um, uh, but something happened and I got bumped to Adam Ferrara. Okay, Adam Ferrara was my first MC gig. That's still awesome. That is yeah, still awesome. Two yeah. very very big names. Yeah. And so your first time doing uh, doing the MC on the weekend or whatever, how did it go? It went well. It yeah? went well. Yes. So, awesome. um, I was told I was a little dirtier MC than most. So I was maybe, and Adam didn't say anything, but I, the the owner said maybe take it back a tick. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but that was because Adam's not particularly no, dirty he's not. At all. And I MC'd. Well, I MC'd for. Uh, at the laugh stop, I emceed for uh, Adam Ferrara. I emceed for Dane Cook. Okay. I emceed for Jim Gaffigan. Um, Very cool. Yes. So a lot of uh, a lot of and and Robert Kelly was featuring. So the show was me, oh, wow. Robert Kelly, and Dane Cook. Yeah. And that was a cool show. And um, and because because Robert Kelly and Dane Cook are friends. Yeah, they're really tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very cool. That's yeah, that's awesome, man. It's it's. I love hearing just the, some of the shows you get in the states because again, we don't we don't get that up here. It's a long time, I guess, before guys sort of you know make the jump up to get you know to to, to work up here, and it's it's also not particularly worth all the travel, right? So for there, well, down, that's what I, that's what I've been told. I mean, it's just it's really hard to be a full-time comic in Canada because all the gigs are really, really far away. Yeah. We got like, we got like, uh, I mean, not to shit on any cities or whatever. We have like eight major cities and they're all spread out across. Like you got, mm. you got Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa that are close together. You got Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver that are close together ish. Mm. But in this, in the States, it's like you could have an entire career all within a three hour drive. Oh, absolutely. There's so many fucking towns and cities. You can have a career in stand up in New York just because there's so many clubs in New York. 
I talked to a New York comic one time. He goes, you can get $100 a spot. You do four spots a night, five, you know, five days a week. You yeah. Know, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's good money. Yeah. You're, you're hustling, but you're, you're hustling making money yeah. and you you're gotta, making money and you're, yeah. and you're in New York. Yeah. You don't have to jump on planes or anything no, like that. Jump in a cab or jump on the subway or whatever. Yep. That's fucking awesome. But that's the thing here. It's, it's not like there's, there's two clubs in this city and then you want to get to another comedy club. You got to drive two hours to Kingston. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then another two hours from there to Toronto two hours away from Montreal. So, so again, if you, there's no, but you still can't have an entire career. You know, there's what three clubs in Toronto. If I'm right, there's, there's a few in the surrounding areas, but they're all owned by one chain. Right. So if you're not in with that chain, that's not going to happen. Exactly. If you are in with that chain, you don't get to perform anywhere else. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So that's, that's also very limiting, but the idea is it's like, there's, there's two, I think there's only one club in Montreal. Now two clubs here, one in Kingston, and then, you know, three in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Again, you can't have a whole career. Now you're flying, you're flying across the country one way or the other going out east where I don't think there's any comedy clubs, you know, Halifax and, and Nova Scotia and all that, that stuff anymore. Um, there's, uh, you know, and the, by the time you've spent the money on the, the plane ticket, that's what you would have made to go out there. So now you're not generating income. Right. It's breaking even. You're like, oh, it was a great, it was a nice trip. It was a, I get to tell some jokes to strangers, but it was a working vacation. Exactly. And then the thing is, maybe if you string together the, the other ones at East Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, it's like, maybe you can make a bit of money to, to go out there, but it's, you have to do each one of them one week after the other for it to, to be worthwhile. And, and that can be difficult to, to coordinate. Mm-hmm. They might not have the availability to right. do one after the other, you know? So it's, um, it's yeah it's tough and that's the thing for yourself as well like you you're coming all the way up from from houston you can't come up here and do one week and and make it worthwhile no i because i've um what is it laugh lines in vancouver Mm -hmm. yeah i tried to do that it was it's just a weekend show and it was just not it was i love the i love the club and i love the people but it's just not worth my time and effort to come up here for a weekend a friday and saturday yeah because by the time it's all said and done do you even make anything uh, I di- I mean I I was able to get my plane ticket for free. I frequent fire miles and all that. Okay. And yeah, I I came away with a little bit of profit, but it, it's just not. Yeah, like you're if you're profiting three hundred bucks, why throw a week and away for three hundred right. Canadian? You know what I mean? Or yeah. Whatever I mean, it, it is, was yeah. fun to come up here, but. Yeah. Whereas here you can do with absolute, you get to do the host week, the headline week. That's yes. two weeks. Then you can go to Kingston and do two weeks. You can go to Toronto and do two weeks. Now you get six weeks of work, you know, with, with a, a return flight. You exactly. I mean? You don't have to fly to each and every, well, for us, it's, it's, you know, I take yeah. the train to each one. Tra- yeah, exactly. Train's great. Yeah. I got to show you kangaroo ride before you go. Kangaroo ride? Kangaroo ride. I wish I, I, Jay should have told you about it because he knew about it a while back. What? Kangaroo ride is like, think of it like a Uber for ride share between cities. Okay. So uh, I, I just started doing it last time I was in Toronto. I'm doing it again next week when I go to Toronto for, for JFL 42 is uh, you basically, so for me, I have a car. So I post the ride on Kangaroo Ride. It goes through their their thing. They charge someone a token, everyone's background check with their ID and everything like that. Make sure they don't have a criminal record or whatever. But the idea is I post the ride. It's 15 bucks or sorry to Toronto. It's 30 bucks a head. But you would have gone from Kingston to Toronto or whatever it right. was. It's $15. That ride is $15. Um, and what you do is you just book a spot in someone's car. They, they tell you where you're going to meet, where they're picking you up. You can pick the ride, whether or not they, some, some of them just let you bring a bag. Some of them let you bring a piece of luggage. So mine with the room in my car, I set it up for luggage and you can get from Toronto to Ottawa for 30 bucks. And you don't, uh, they only let you seat two people in the back seat. So it's not like you're crammed in there, three mm. people. 
So the idea is you get a ride from Toronto to about 30 bucks, which as far as I know is cheaper than a plane ticket or a bus ticket. And if you're going Kingston to Toronto or Kingston to Ottawa, it's only 15. Right. So 15 bucks, you're in a car, you know, it's not door to door, mm. but it's still more convenient. You get to pick the, the pick up and drop off location in the city. But yeah, it's called Kangaroo Ride. So like Kangaroo, but Kangaroo Ride. And uh, next time you come, use that because you can save yourself even more money, like your 15 bucks in between the cities. Yeah, that sounds great. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, I told uh, I told Slade and Sam um, about that because when I saw them on the last day, they were like, oh, we're in Kingston. But Kingston ends on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then he was doing the next week again in Kingston. So I said, hey, if you want to pay the 15 bucks Kangaroo Ride, come back, stay here. You know, and you at least hang out for a few days in Ottawa for the sake of 30 bucks round trip. Right. Right. Why not come and hang out instead of being mm. bored in Kingston for three days? I mean, Kingston's amazing, but. Uh, <laughs> so how long were you doing stand up before it went from, I mean, I guess, like I said, with the, the hosting being kind of like, it's a paid gig, but it's for the, the, the spot. How long before you started featuring and headlining? I, well, I, it, I, it took me four years. I, four years I became um, a working MC. Okay. And then maybe about six or seven years in, I started, f- I started featuring. And then, um, so I guess, and then, then about 10 years in, I, st- about 10 years in, I started the headline and I've been headlining for about 11 years now. That's awesome. Yeah. And you've been just about everywhere in the States, I would imagine. Uh, mo- mostly the Midwest. I don't go to the coasts because there's just tons of comics in California and tons of comics in New York. Um, but most of my work is in, you know, in the South or in the Midwest. I'm from Michigan. So, uh, I, I have family up in Michigan. So, and like you said, there's like, there's clubs in, in Michigan, Illinois, Ohio. It's, and those are all within four or five hour drive. Right. And there's tons of, you know, there, if not clubs, one nighters and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Now yeah. you say now my geography isn't outstanding, but you say all within four or five hours from Michigan, not from Texas. From Michigan, <laughs> okay. yes, yes. So you go up there, you work everything, you get to visit family at the exactly. same time too. Okay, that's yeah. pretty fucking cool. Um, any other uh, countries or anything like that that you've been to? I Like I said, I've been to England, mm-hmm. and um, I did USO tours, so I was in Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, Korea and Japan. Wow. And uh, so that, that, was, uh, that was nice. That was cool. What was that like? It was really fun. One of the most, you know, you do uh, these army bases, and they're the most they're the most appreciative audiences you've ever, you know. They they're actually thanking us when what should be the, you know, right. They're just happy that they have entertainment out there, and they couldn't have been more more helpful and you know and more and a more positive and more fun audience. And like I said, they were just happy. You know, they were congratulating us, which I felt odd about. So yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, you know, they deserve all the credit. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's fucking awesome. Any any weird things happen while you're out there? Like I've heard stories from other comics who've done the like the military tours where it's like, you know, you hear air raids going off and things like that. The, like, the, the only fuck? the only weird thing was um we were at a a a post one time and they 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 said, "Well, you were supposed to for, perform in this building, but it was bombed the other night. So you're going to perform in this building." So that's fucking horrifying. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Okay, so they could bomb the one they were yes, going to be so. into. Jesus. Did you get, you, and you guys, you never saw the other building? No, never saw like, it. Not even from the outside, like just you could see over it. No, across never, the field never, there. It's just fucking no, no, half never destroyed. saw it. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. I'd like say, I'd love to go do that just again for the experience, right? Because that's things that, you know, 
that's kind of one of the only things we do. The only way that you're going to see those bases is either you join the military or you go there and entertain them. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? So that would be, fa- I, I'd mm-hmm. love to see that too, just to see what it's, the whole thing is like. But like you said, well, I know, heard- you know, Slade is, I know Slade books. So, and uh, Brendan McKeegan, yep. our friend has done those with Slade. So, yeah. So Slade's the one booking them now? I don't know if Slade's booking them, but I know, you know, you could, probably talk to Slade and he could probably point you in the right direction or, you know, give you a recommendation. Right. That. Right. Yeah. I know Olivia was booking. Olivia. Some. Yes. So. Yeah. She was booking those for a while. Uh, she, Olivia is. Yeah. And she's still booking. I, I, I she's booking, um, places in the st- military is, you know, oh, okay. Uh, bases in the States and stuff like that, because okay. I actually had to turn one down because she's doing one next Actually, this uh, the Friday this is coming out. So okay. she's. I had to turn it down because she was doing a doing a gig there, and I'm like, oh, I can't. I'm already. You know, I was already booked. So yeah, yeah. Those uh, and are they just as good? In, oh yeah, in the states? yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I would think like the bases in the states. I mean, obviously they're all still you know working hard and everything like that. But you'd think it's a lot less scary being. Oh, it's a lot less scary, but yeah. it's the but the audiences are just as appreciative. Yeah, right. Because they're working hard. Mm-hmm. Fuck. And it's a lot less scary for you guys. Yeah, it is a lot less <laughs> like, scary. Like, I'm pretty sure these buildings Well, the one thing, was, you know, when when we were in the uh, Iraq, it was just, they just don't, they go, don't lose your passport. Whatever you do, don't lose your passport. Really? It's like, you you, know, you will have so much trouble getting out of this country if you lose your passport. So it, they, they just drilled that into us. And another comic misplaced his passport. He luckily he found it, but it was like it was scary there for a moment. So. Now, when you when you land, you're not like going directly to a military airport, right? No, you're you landing land, regular. You land in a regular airport, and you have to go through their customs. And once you get through their customs, the military will pick you up. Okay, okay. So then, yeah, don't you lose your fucking passport because it's you're still going through all the regular. Yes, stuff. no, it's yeah, not yeah. like you go military. No, no, you're not doing military. military. Yeah, it's yeah, you're flying. You know, United to. <laughs> to Afghanistan, yeah. So. Jesus, that's fucking freaky. You hear horror stories: people lose their passport, and then just in like, uh, what is it, uh, Saudi Arabia, whatever. It's like you lose passport. Like, ah, oh, now you're slave. You work on the streets building. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never. No one knows who you are. And yeah, that's it. Terrifying. Um, well, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, I know too. So you've been doing stand up as a headliner for eleven years. You've been all over, for the most part, United States. You're you traveling up to Canada. We love having you up here. I you love coming up. Yeah, here. yeah. You're one of our favorites up at the club. It's always a good time. You and Jason very close. You guys golf all the time. Well, there was one time I I had there was a time um, when I was you were talking about relationships, and I was in the worst relationship ever. It was like this woman was just god awful. And um, one of the things she she hated it when I had a good time. Yeah, she hated it. Yeah. So when I was up here, you know, I told her how much I enjoyed coming to Canada and how much it was just like you know the bright spot in my year. And then and she just ruined it. <laughs> she just she, she would te- you know she just text me and just be pissy and just ah. Uh. And and one year I it, they could tell because. That I get. I guess I was. It was just unconscious, unconsciously coming out through my performance on, oh, the, really? on the stage. Because the next year I was back and she was gone, and everything was back to normal. And Jay, you know, Jay said, Jay was like, "I'm glad to see you're back." Because last year, the the staff was saying that you know 
and I, I maybe I'm thinking he was like the staff was just like didn't know what was wrong with you, right? Because you weren't, uh, you know, you weren't up to the standards that we were expecting of you. And fortunately, I bounced back with that. But yeah, so but uh, yeah, a relationship, a bad relationship will just take its toll on you. And, and like I said, I didn't think I was doing anything different, but apparently it was coming out. You know, I was just in the just worn down from the just from her just trying to drag me down yeah it's uh it's tough i've, I've seen I, I mean i've had it at times i'm, I'm not running down my ex by any means but uh, no i'm running down her she was a <laughs> fucking horrible person that's it there's people like that out there but yes. i but there was times too where like again when when uh when my ex and i first started dating um she would come with me to all the shows she was super supportive she loved being a part of it but then but then when she got full-time with the kids she wasn't able to come out anymore and and then I started to notice that there was, I don't think it was deliberate. Like we're all people, we're all trying to grow, we're all trying to get better. But there would be comments like, "Oh, it sucks that you know you got you're going out and I'm stuck here." Mm. And and yeah, I get that. But then after a while, like when you're hearing it often and you know this and that, you start to like resent stand up. And then I stopped going out to to do open mics and stuff mm. like that because I'm like, well, you know, th- there would be statements made like, "Well, if you're not getting paid for it, like why you know should you really be going out just to like." six minutes or whatever so it, it got to the point where it affected me and i i unfortunately didn't get out of it this uh, yeah this is coming okay thanks simon simon has written us a poorly scripted note but saying, but the sentiment you guys. but the sentiment is fantastic thank you simon a worthwhile <laughs> interruption um <laughs> has simon ever been on this podcast no because he doesn't have anything interesting to say clearly <laughs> clearly um but uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, and again, I'm, I, this is really not me trying to make it sound like everything that was wrong with my relationship was, was like I'm I'm not going that direction. But I know I've said this before that my comedy took a huge dip because I I loved her with all my heart. One of my one of my favorite people in the world still to this day. But the problem is is that I started to resent stand up instead of being like because like you're saying it starts to come across in your performance if you're feeling dragged down again. I I don't think that was her intention. I think she was just expressing how she felt. But at the same time, it's like, okay, but that affects me because now me doing this makes you feel bad in turns makes me feel bad. So now doing stand-up makes me feel bad. No, with my ex, it was intentional. She was very manipulative and she was she was very intentionally trying to make me unhappy. It was I stayed in that relationship way too long. How long were you, if you don't mind asking, how long were you? It was a couple of years. Yeah? Yeah. And it cost me, I won't, oh, for was, the record, on this podcast, I get deep into my own shit all the time. Like when I'm doing my single one, I yeah. talk about my own shit all the time. So if you want, feel free. People love well, this no, shit. it was just there was a, there was a, I started I started seeing her, and I started to, I started talking to her, and I started talking to a comedian I met in Toronto. I won't say her name. Ooh, uh, but why, uh, why, why, I wait, wait. <laughs> just hyping it up. And it was just you know, and I, there came to a point where I couldn't keep talking to both of them so i went with the wrong one and it, and then i and i handled it i handled it horribly the girl in toronto the comic in toronto i handled i handled it horribly and to this day i hate the way i handled it i was a coward the whole thing and uh and without naming her name do you want to like what happened uh, what, in terms of and just in terms of how you handled it, if you don't I mind, I texted asking. her. I can't see uh, anymore. I yeah, texted her. You uh, know, fuck. Shit. That yeah. sucks. Hey man, it, everybody wants to do that. For and what it's worth, it makes you feel any better. Yeah, everybody wants and then, to just not face it. It's hard. And it's then she, hard. and then you know we were skyping because I was in the states and she was you know and then she skyped and we talked one last time and um, 
you know, and she gave me, you know, she spoke her mind and which was fine. And then, yeah, so, and it was a wrong decision. And, and this, this comic now is still, we're still friends on Facebook and mm-hmm. Twitter and all that, but we don't talk. And I've tried to, it, to me, she's the one that got away. Right. Maybe, you know, I don't know. May, I right. feel that she got away, but I made the wrong decision with, with, uh, with my choice. I chose to quote the, the night and, India, I chose poorly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. To, quote, to quote the night, because I was thinking of a different quote. It's like, uh, what is? I don't, I don't remember who the author is, and maybe the audience will yell it at me. But it's like one of those. There are no sadder words in the English language than this. It might have, have been. been. Yes, yes. It uh, might have been. So, but uh, and I tried to, I don't know, rekindle or whatever. And she's has, and she has not. She has rebuffed it and. She's a typical Canadian. She's never she's never gone off on me. She's never called me a name. She's always been very polite. She's always, but very steadfast in the fact that she does not want to have anything to do with me anymore. And it's been it's been years, so I'm sure. Yeah. And um, well, there you go for anyone listening. Don't make the wrong fucking decision. Yeah, and I've talked to a, and some other kind like you know. And every time I'm in Toronto, in the back of my head, it's like maybe she'll see that I'm in Toronto, and maybe she'll show up to the show, and she hasn't. She's never has. And uh, I was working with a couple of comics, uh, Tim Real and mm-hmm. um, and um, Kate Davis, who both know her, mm-hmm. and they're like, just just send her an email, and I couldn't do it. It's just you know, it's to see what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe just go out to lunch and just maybe. You know, you may not rekindle a relationship, but just let her know that you you feel horrible, and so. But I never did. I so so that is a semi personal. It's a personal story. I don't yeah, want. Yeah. I don't want to give the. I don't want to give her name. I'm, no, and I, I would never. I'd never pressure you for. Yeah, it. never pressure for. It. I mean, I'm gonna ask you after we're done. Yeah, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you after we're done. But yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. No, and that's and that's awesome. That's very. Uh, that's very and if done. Kate Davis and Tim Real are listening, don't. <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up. Yeah, don't don't leave her name in the comments. I don't think either one of them listened to the podcast. Uh-huh. Tim gives me shit because he hates the name of the podcast. So he's like, oh yeah, the one man podcast where you have guests. I'm like, listen, on the regular show, the one man is me talking about me, and the one man during these bonus episode is my <laughs> guest. That's the one man. Being and you talked to um, Alex uh, Rusbin. Oh, Newsbomb, Newsbomb, Rusbin, Newsbomb, Alex yeah. Nussbaum. Oh yeah. God, I hate terrible with names. Like that. yeah, but you talk. He was the headliner last week. Yeah, and he uh, it was great working with him. Yeah. yeah, Alex is Alex is a very fucking interesting guy. Yeah, He's very funny too. The um, that's that's the thing with with all this too. One of the favorite things I, I like about sitting down with comics is like, yeah, we get to know the comic too. But I love, well, love, I I like and enjoy the fact that we're all none of us is like oh fucking easy street from start to finish. Like while we're doing what we do, that people see in the laughs and all that stuff, there is shit like this going on where yeah. you know we we get stuck in the same kind of fucking. You know, relationship ruts and personal ruts and career ruts is that as everybody else, and it just sort of I think humanizes people because everybody when we first sit down with the podcast, it's like it's an impression that a we're just going to shoot the shit, which may be interesting to some, and you know we we get into stories where we shoot the shit a little bit, but um, it's uh, I like the fact that you know it's not like hey let's just shoot the shit or hey let's do like a boring ass XM <laughs> interview. It's like how'd you get started? What made you want to be a stand up comic? What was the craziest <laughs> time you had? Like you know like all that bullshit. I just I like being able to have a real conversation where you know at least for the sakes of the narrative, there's sort of like a start to finish as to how the career's gone. But at the same time, like there's shitloads of experiences like this we have. Right? People get to oh. hear somebody and go oh. I didn't realize that they've gone through the same shit that that mm-hmm. I have. It's not like they just oh, I just thought I'd try comedy, and then ever <laughs> since then, I have private jets and international tours, right, and, right, the easy street. 
Are you in a relationship now? I am not. No? So no. I am trying to I am trying to give it up. Really? Yes. Like give up being in a relationship? Yeah, just give it up. Why? I just I'm I just can't. I mean, oh, it's just I, it never works for me and I try, but then you oh the women the women are <laughs> you guys can't uh, see this but scott is rubbing his eyes uh, and like oh gee and and i'm i'm telling jay you know and yeah i went golfing with jay and colin o'brien and al they haven't given up on relationships they're just both phoning theirs in <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just trying it's just like i don't know what to just give up just die alone but it's oh I, jesus i'm trying but i you know it's just like i can't because there's this you just that might be when you find someone though because apparently like, everybody apparently finds someone when they're not looking for, or at least the the right person when they're not looking the right, right? person and you're on fucking Tinder and Bumble and all those bullshit ones then it's like oh now you're just finding other broken human beings yeah. it's honestly like that's the as is section for human beings everyone acts like oh just dress it up and make it look like mm. it's something great it's like but you know we're all here because no one wants us right right like, exactly that or our standards are incredibly high or whatever it is mm. um, yeah I know a little bit about that uh <laughs> So I don't know. I it's but don't give up. I don't don't give up. I I totally get the mindset. Like again, after being in, a, I'm all, I'm going to be fifty this year. That's okay. And Jay's uh, in a relationship. He's, yeah, and he's terrible at it. That's the thing. I, every time I see, every time I'm like, ah, oh, there's no hope. I look at Jay and I go, yeah, fucking asshole. <laughs> that fucking and he doesn't even know what he's doing. He's like, it's like honestly, I think like Jay in relationships is like Tim Allen on Tool Time. He acts oh. like he knows what he's doing, and he just ends up blowing it up at some point. <laughs> um. Oh fuck! But don't I don't know I I I don't want to give up. I I'm eight years I was eight years in now I'm back on the on the market and I I really it's awful it sucks like I I wish I could just be like you know what I want to be that person who's like I'm just happy with me and I don't care if I'm with somebody else I'm like I <laughs> I yeah a big long <laughs> big long silence I don't know I I couldn't give up. I don't want to give up. I want to give up. I, I want to, I, but I don't, you know what I mean? I like, want to give up, but it's tough. Yeah. I wish, let's put it this way. I wish I could give it up. I wish I, yeah, maybe yeah, that's, but, it. I, I, wish, but I don't want to give up. I wish yeah. I could give it up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. So what do we do? Nope. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you just keep chasing that dragon. So what's, uh, I mean, again, like you've, you've, you've been all over them to some, some huge accolades. Is there any, do you have any like like highlights of your stand up comedy career? Any any moments that stood out and you're like, this is this is one of my favorite times. Um, well, I opened uh, I I opened for Bobcat Goldthwait, and that was really fun because not only was Bobcat a nice guy, he was a very good comic. Yeah, a lot of these comics with big names are not very good. You know, Bobcat legitimate stand up. Yeah, legitimate. was he a comic before yes. he got into movies? Okay. I find that to be a big difference. Yes, that is a huge difference. He's not a screech or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, even, and I hate to say it because I had tremendous, I like I was disappointed big time. Um, I went to see, I think my first year stand-up comedy, I went to go see John Lovitz. Oh, he's awful. He's fucking awful. He's awful. And the thing is, him on TV and in shows and in movies, he's hysterical. Mm. So I was like, I remember seeing him going, oh, I go, but I get it now. I go, so he's not a funny guy. He's a funny actor. Like if you write for him, he can deliver it, but he can't write it the himself. The funniest thing of last seasons of Comedians in Cars with Coffee was Dana Carvey having to defend John Lovitz to Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, I don't, I watched that one. I don't remember him defending John yeah, Lovitz. Yeah, because it was, 
he was talking about, you know, Dana was talking about him being on the road with John and and uh, and Jerry and Seinfeld's like, you know, really, John and and Dana's like, no, he's he's really funny, you know, where they have to over. No, he's really funny. Yeah, he's inappropriate. It's John saying inappropriate things, and Jay, you could just hear Jerry's eyes roll. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And I and and John Lovitz when I saw him, and again, close to ten years ago. Uh, he did 25 minutes of songs on his keyboard about Bob Saget being gay. 25 minutes, probably six or seven songs all about Bob Saget being Bob gay. Bob Saget is awful. Is he? Oh yeah, I've seen. Bob I've seen Saget stand up. Stand up is awful. I've heard he's a wonderful person. He might be, but yeah, stand up is awful. I've I've seen parts of it. Like the thing is, I it's unwatchable. Here's another guy who again, uh, actor first thinks, oh, I'll just become comment a comedian. Uh, Rob Schneider. I've never seen Rob Schneider stand up, so I, I can't tell. I have never seen a special or it live. However, I have seen clips of it in a show that he was in a couple years ago. I don't know. The show could still be going on, but a friend of mine came over and I was working on something. He was just watching it on HBO or whatever streaming service was. And it was like Rob Schneider doing, you know, like it would be like a, sh it would be almost like Seinfeld where it's like scripted show, but then there'd be breaks of him doing stand up comedy and, it, and the, the, the jokes were awful like just the hackiest shit that mm -hmm. you could think of and again not to rob run, run rob schneider down but i was like for whenever they're an actor first and they just think oh i'll just sidestep into comedy fuck you it's not that easy no it's not it's but that the stand-up seems to be that that fail safe safety net for all well you know wrestlers are doing it now yeah you know and they're not they're not they're telling well they're telling stories they're calling it stand-up yeah. comedy but it's not you know people aren't laughing you know, or if they are, it's it's like I worked with um, Steve O. <coughs> Sorry, and uh, I was I was worried because I, I don't always sneeze. By the way, when someone says Steve O, Steve O, that's just, just, just that's your trigger just mechanism. <laughs> and I was worried because I'm just like, oh man, is this just going to be a club full of drunk Steve O? Woo! Fan. And it was some of the best shows I ever had. Yeah, the audience was really a a attentive. He did a good job. He, you know, and he delivered what they wanted, and he was a super nice guy to be. So, was this? Do you know if this was when he was still? Uh, was he sober? He was sober. Okay. No, yes, yes. Okay. This was a couple of years ago. Yeah. He was sober. Yeah, th yeah. This was after. Yeah, after all that, he was sober. He had his handlers and all that with him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he has handlers. Well, well like I mean, like life coaches or yeah, whatever well, I don't sponsors know. whatever I, I, maybe they weren't maybe handlers aren't the isn't the no, correct no, word I, but, but I they mean, had people and I, and speaking of handlers i hear from what i've hear if you if you are on tour with one of these wrestlers you have to babysit them 24/7 that's what i've heard yeah uh but no i think it was people you know cuz he was selling stuff after the show so i think it was people who just you know make sure he was in the right place you know yeah. got him here or there and set up his table his merch tables and stuff like that so but it's interesting to me only because like i i mean i didn't didn't personally i didn't i didn't hear it as a negative but it's interesting because like again the older i get and the more fucking demons and and issues that i have that i'm starting to work with like i remember like late 20s i was like my impression was still like someone has depression. I'm like, fucking suck it up. Get it over. Like, you know, not, not aggressive or condescending, but just like, yeah, everyone gets fucking depressed about shit. Move forward. And the older I get, I'm like, yeah, no, there's real, there's real like mental illness shit. There's stuff that will cripple you and fuck you up. There and, is. And denying it isn't going to get you anywhere. There is, but there is also a lot of social bullshit, um, you know, P, uh, you know, uh, political correctness diseases, oh, I believe. Oh, of yeah. course, of course. Which I think gets in the way of people who are really depressed. It's like, you know, yeah. people who 
Somebody doesn't feel like going to work today, so they say, "Oh, I'm depressed." Like, what was it? I I read something somewhere that uh, telephone fear. Or something, you know, people are, have oh, telephone yeah, no. anxiety. It's like that's yeah. not real. I mean, it, I mean, it is. But uh, they might telephone have anxiety, anxiety and the, the, the yeah, tel- or the, yeah. I mean, that, that the telephone spoke. triggers it or something yeah, or, like. But so, yeah, like I've had to I've had to accept the fact that I have I have anxiety and I don't. It's not treated. I have, uh, like that, but I try to work. I like, have social anxiety. I'll yeah. I. I'm very uncomfortable around groups of people. Really? Yeah. Where, how did you find that out? I mean, I, not like a diagnosis, but I mean, like for myself, I just, after a while of constantly being stressed out with stupid things, like I used to say, oh, I just overthink things or whatever. And I, I get anxious, but I, it was at I one point. Just I, don't act, you know, I'm not, being a comic doesn't help either because people see you on the stage and they think you're that person in real life, which you're not. Right. So I'm a very quiet person and you know the more people get around me i'm just i just feel uncomfortable with all the people there and and then sometimes i'll just <laughs> i'll just leave a pl- and it's and, and it's with friends too if yeah, i'm yeah. Around, if i if i'm at a party I, i'll start off strong you know if i'm at a party with people i know i'll start off strong but then by the end of the night i'm just like i i've, I've got to go does it feel like um at least i know for me so like i don't have social anxiety but i definitely get um I'm worn out faster with the conversation. I used to be so social, loved it. I get my my attention needs met through stand up now, so now I don't want to be part of the there's the, the I've, nonstop. Chat. I've never been a conversationalist, and that might be a reason why that I'm single. I I I'm not a good conversationalist. So if if I you know keeping a conversation up with a woman is very very tough with me. Right. You know they're doing they they're doing all the talking and they think that I'm not interested and it's just not that at all. It's just that I don't know what to say or I don't know how to say it. Yeah. In a in a normal conversation. So then I'll, <coughs> maybe I'll make a joke which is might be inappropriate. Right. Not inappropriate but ill timed or whatever. And then they think, well, oh, you can you know you can't take anything seriously. All you can be is funny, and that's not you know it's. But humor is how we process. Yes. Things. Like a lot of people will say, you know, oh. Well, you guys don't take anything seriously or why is everything like, something tragic happens it's always a joke it's not it's just humor is how we take something that's inaccessible and make it accessible mm-hmm. to ourselves we make fun of it so it may be less threatening or whatever now it's now we can think about it now we can process it because it's not intimidating anymore it's funny mm-hmm. you know and it's i i honestly think that that I've, i i know i've said this before so sorry listeners for you guys listening to it again but i've said like if somebody has special needs, right, Down syndrome or something like that, and they do something inappropriate, it's it's um, I don't want to say accepted, but it's tolerated. It's mm-hmm. it's people are patient with it because they understand that's the, the condition, that's how their brain works. Mm-hmm. Same with people with autism or Aspergers. People go, well, that's just how their brain works, mm-hmm. and it's accepted. And it's good that we're getting there instead of just ridiculing. But for some reason, people don't understand that that's how comics work. It's like yes, all the rest of the population gets to see something tragic or something negative or whatever, and people just go, oh, that's so sad, and that's it. They feel sad. Well, we know it's sad. We still think it's shitty, but in order for us to be able to process it, right? Because it's like laugh or cry. Something bad happens to you, right? You get bullied. You can either laugh it off and make, build a defense mechanism like comics do and find a way to be funny about everything, or you can just be depressed and upset and sad. I just think that it's it's we're going to get to a point where hopefully people go, oh, like comedians aren't trying to make people feel bad about tragic stuff. That's how they process it. They're mm-hmm. taking something negative and they're trying to make it palpable. Right. You know, it's not it's not out of disrespect. It's just how we put it through our machine. Our meat grinder is different for thoughts. Well, I yeah, because I had a joke. I had a, oh, like 
the nine eleven anniversary was just last week, and yeah. I and I had I had a nine eleven joke, and it was just the the Lions played. It was on Monday. Nine eleven was on no nine eleven was on Tuesday, and the the Lions played on Monday Night Football. I'm a Detroit. I'm from Detroit. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Oh, anyway, you got out of there in good time. Yeah. So, but uh, <laughs> and the Lions just got destroyed on Monday Night Football. And my joke was, well, it's a good thing that the Lions didn't. Pl- it's a good thing that nine eleven didn't fall on Monday, because then that would have been the second worst thing that ever happened on nine eleven. Because yeah, the Lions, yeah. and that was my Detroit playing so poorly joke. Right. So, and it's not making light, you know. It, and like you said, that's just how you pro- you see, you know, you, you see the tragedy, but you can also see the joke in the tragedy. So. Yeah. Well, because that's that's all it is. Other people are joking about things in the past, and it's totally okay. But for us to be ahead of the curve is is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. It's just that's we we processed it that way early, and it's uh, yeah, it's like you said we and, and our brains will work that because as soon as you go like oh this is the worst, and then immediately your brain go is it the worst? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because then you go oh no, there's other things that happen around this, and it's just that simple of a formula in our head. Mm-hmm. That's how our brains have worked. It's the ten thousand hours of of just doing it and doing it and doing yeah. it. Um, I don't know where the fuck I started with that. I wanted to ask because you were saying about the social side. Do you mind if I ask like what? What you go through, because again, I, I have had a lot of people, The uh, Mike Stork was on here and he was talking about his codependency. Um, there's been other comics who've talked about their anxieties and stuff like that. And I've had, a, I, I do have feedback from listeners going like, I, I really appreciated hearing that because it made them feel, again, less alone mm-hmm. about it. But when you're like, in terms of the social anxiety, like you said, the more people show up, like what sort of what goes on with you in those moments? So it's like, it'll be you and me talking to like say at the bar downstairs after the show and then another comic will show up, someone else shows up. What what goes through you like in that in those moments when the when the crowds build? That's like, just because I've been with I just two. pull away and yeah. I and it's just like, I stop talking and I just pull away and and sometimes even physically like move my chair back from, from the table. Yeah, yeah. And stuff, so maybe just to take myself away, but... I will I will slowly start to say nothing and then just watch what's going on and stuff like that. And then everyone's, you know, and then somebody like, hey, you know, it's like they'll throw throw a conversation, you know, throw like a, right at you, Scotty. Yeah, you okay. Yeah. But that's just I just I'm I not one of those lean, you know, I've never been one of those lean in life of the party guys. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, I just I I physically and mentally just withdraw withdraw from everybody in there and, until the point where I just maybe just have to get up and go without and sometimes I'll do that without t- I call it a French retreat. Okay. I'll just get up and leave. Yeah, yeah. Without yeah. telling anybody. And yeah. it, it ninja hit. bounce. Yeah. <laughs> no one sees it. Ninja like, oh, bounce. Scott. Yeah, ninja. <laughs> so, yeah. Ninja bounce, Irish goodbye. Yeah, Irish, all, uh, yeah ninja bounce. <laughs> Irish, I've heard the Irish goodbye, ninja bounce. Yeah. I call it just the, turn around, where's, where's Scott? I call it I call it the French retreat. <laughs> yeah. Um and I'm go- and it has nothing to do. I'm not dissing anybody. No, 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 no. Yeah, just, but it's just like I I need to get out of here. So yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't. The thing is, I don't drink either, so I don't have anything to really numb. Yeah, to numb what's going on. Some people drink to do that or smoke. I don't drink or or smoke. Well, on some of those tables after the the show, everyone's sitting down and chatting and everything like that. It's like. Again, when I first started stand up, I really liked being a part of those conversations. I did. I do like hearing people's point. Of view. I do I, like, yeah. But I, I just got to a point where I'm like, at some point, it just becomes every everybody just fucking around and joking, and then it's almost competitive people well, trying I've to never, talk. I've never been that way either. When a group of comics get around, they always try. A lot of them, a lot of the times, they always try to outdo each other, yeah. and I've never been that way. 
becomes a pissing contest yes. or whatever. And it's like, and, and that's the thing. That's another reason why I personally, I, I don't dislike it. I'll sit down when I get to see like yourself or one of the headliners in town, but, but my need to sit down with Jason and three other local <laughs> comics and then two of the doormen and just sit there and everyone's fucking around. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't have anything to say as well. Like I said, the old me who wasn't getting out of my system of standup wanting to be social. Sure. I'd sit at that table and fuck around. But now stand-up gets the mm -hmm. need for whatever that attention energy is or an outlet for me to get my shit out. And now I'm totally happy to just go home afterwards. Right. I have no <laughs> need to sit there and just fucking shoot the shit with everybody and try to outdo them. Try to talk over Jason Lawrence and Aaron Power. Good luck with that. <laughs> I haven't seen Aaron this time. I haven't seen Aaron this, this go. Uh, really? Yeah. Not at all? No. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's out of town or something. Mm. But uh, I think he had said something about going on a, a trip or something like mm -hmm. that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's it's I'm I'm totally fine. And again, another outlet is this podcast. Yeah. So I I get the shit that I have to say out. <laughs> and if somebody wants to hear it, go to the go to the <laughs> podcast and hear it. I've said it. Jay Jay on the other hand is like my mother. Like he'll tell the same story fucking fifteen <laughs> times. You golfed with him. Yeah. I'm sure he's answered his phone ten times and tells people the same fucking thing over and over uh, yeah i was actually surprised yesterday his phone didn't ring that much so but really? usually when we're on the golf course it'll ring five five six seven times and he's like i gotta take it yeah yeah so. oh fuck well that's good so what's uh what's next on the uh on the docket for you uh i head back home at the end of the week back to houston do some shows uh do some shows in the houston area and then i head up to michigan to uh do some shows up there and see my uh, friends and family and that's detroit yeah the detroit area detroit yeah. area yeah Maybe a stupid, probably a stupid question, and I'm comfortable with it. Uh, does Detroit still have a comedy club? Yes, Detroit has a few comedy clubs. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because everybody... Well, I, not in Detroit. There's like um, there's like uh, the Ann Arbor Showcase, which is close to Detroit, and then the Royal Oak, which is close to Detroit. So there's a couple of pretty big um, um, comedy clubs in the downriver, in the Detroit downriver area. Okay. They also have casinos in Detroit, so I'm sure they have comedy clubs in the casinos. And they're, we're really close to Windsor. So a lot of people go to Windsor to see a show or go to the casinos Yeah, because they have the, the Caesars Palace there now. Yes. They bring up some pretty big names yeah, there. Yeah, they do. Because that's the thing. I did, I've done Windsor over the last couple of years, and the club that's there is closed now. Oh, but, it is. Yeah. But uh, I, I talking to the comics there, like they talk about going over the river, and they do shows in like bars and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I was like, and the way they talk about Detroit is like the city's fucking toast. They're like, it's the population that it once was, obviously with all the things closing down and whatnot. But I was just like, they, they act like the city's a fucking ghost town. Well, Detroit itself is, but the suburbs around it are are not, so. Really? Okay. Yeah. And, and now there's also areas of Detroit that are like completely condemned now, right? Yes, They're like, yes. the whole thing's shut down. It's like, it's, yeah. so is there like a, I guess I'm just my my concern. My interest right now is the geography of the the, the city. Is in terms of like what you're seeing from across the river in Windsor. That's like the downtown core, the GM building, all that. That's the yes. Is that still vibrant? No, that's still vibrant. It's okay. that's still vibrant, but a lot of things around it are shut down, burned out, and all that. But and then you go even further out, and you're you're fine. Again. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And do all those people in the burbs, whatever, do they work in the city or do they work elsewhere? Uh, no, uh, uh, most of them work elsewhere. A, a a lot of people in Michigan do work in in Canada, you know, so they have yeah. to take the bridge over every morning. And when I was, you know, before not before nine 11, before you just needed a license to get back and forth over, right. the, over the bridge. And now you either need a passport or what my friends, they can give, they give you a special license. Okay. Where, where you show it and you know, that 
shows that you work in wins, you know, or if you're in Canada, you work in the States and all they that. They have like so. Nexus passes, I think. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause my mom works for customs and they have like these Nexus passes. Now you have to still fill out uh, effectively the same info as a passport, but yes. it's just like a card that you can just tap or scan right. or whatever. Exactly. It gets you through airports fucking way faster too oh really yeah, yeah like from what i've heard like there's nexus lines and it's like you know the regular lines are like 100 people deep and the nexus lines are like three, <laughs> three people you just go through but it's you you have to apply for it it's like a passport or whatever but it's it's effectively for for people who travel like constant border crossings so like mm -hmm. you said tw twice a day kind of thing right from detroit to and again going back to the states being way more dense population wise like you you think oh the burbs of detroit well how far are these people living from the one city right because here the burbs you know, everybody two hours away are in prior everything driving to Ottawa, right? Ottawa is the city you work in. Everything else is a smaller shit. Whereas, you know, the burbs of Detroit, there's another city super close by that they can drive to and work. And oh, absolutely. Like yeah. yeah. So it's, it's yeah. not the same as here where everything's just spread out. Like people mm -hmm. in Canada aren't driving to Kingston. It's no, it's Ottawa mm -hmm. is where you work. And, right. You know, all of the <laughs> surrounding areas. Can yes. Be burned out. <laughs> but that's that's thing. Uh, Cornwall is effectively the next closest city <laughs> that I can think of. And it's, you know, it's not a town. It's definitely a city, but it's a smaller one. They had a big uh, paper mill there that was like the all, all industry. And then it's just closed down and mm. has become, you know, <laughs> a much smaller. It's it's the Detroit of Ottawa. <laughs> I don't know. That's so stupid. Um, well, that's cool. So, and, and uh, well, what are what, uh, you doing in the clubs in Michigan when you get there? I am doing, um, I'm doing the Holly Hotel. Okay. Uh, which is in Holly, Michigan. It is a it's a very nice comedy club. It's in the basement of uh, of a hotel, and uh, and Holly, Michigan is a it's a very it's a statuesque Michigan town and stuff like that. And it's a very elegant hotel where, well, it, I'm sorry, it's not a hotel. It's a it used to be a hotel, and Brothel? now it's, yeah, no, but now it's a restaurant. It's a classy restaurant oh, up front okay. and a and a uh, comedy club in the basement, and I'm doing that. And uh, I'm also, uh, while I'm up there, I am doing a um, Portofino's, which is a comedy club in Wyandotte, Michigan, which is really close to okay. where I live. So, and all that, uh, on, it, that'll be on my calendar at uh, scottyblanco.com. Okay. Yes, yeah, scottyblanco.com. So, uh, yeah, all that's up on my calendar right now. So. Awesome. Well, dude, I had so much fun chatting. I mean, uh, I'd like to plug one other yeah, thing. Yeah, please, please, um, please. Uh, if you if you follow me on Facebook or anything like that, you know that my dad calls himself Bulldog. Okay, and he uh, my dad learned to text at eighty nine. He's now ninety two, and he'll text me. What he does is he'll text me, like story. He's you know stories about how he conquered the Wild West or he was in the jungle or stuff like that. Those totally fun, yeah, yeah silly yeah. stories. And I would assume not true. Or are they totally true? They're totally not true. Okay, okay. Uh, but and a lot of people are like, is is he? <laughs> they think he's all, dementia, dementia all the timers or I'm doing. I'm like, no, these are him. It's a hundred. He's a hundred percent in his head and he's, these are a hundred percent his. And so what I've been doing is when he'll send me texts, I've been writing backstories to the text and I call them the bulldog chronicles. Okay. So, uh, if you go to, um, if you go to my Facebook page, um, there's a link to the, the bulldog chronicles, which is just my sto stories about me, stories that i've written about my dad's texts 
And it's it's kind of silly and it's kind of fun. And that's that's one of the things I'm very proud of that I'm working on right that's now. That's awesome. Yeah. And they're Bulldog Chronicles, and that's on your Facebook page? It's on my Facebook page. And uh, I'm on Twitter at, at ScottWhite91. And if you go to that one, that'll also send you a link. To, I also have a Twitter for Bulldog as well, the Bulldog Crow, the Bulldog Crow one. That's awesome. all I could get. Before, before we close it down, I was actually always, I wanted to, I thought about uh, doing this earlier and I totally forgot is, uh, you, you like myself and like a lot of other comics, you're a fan of, of comic books and, and things like that. Yes, right? I am. So I just watched this morning. Uh, when, again, this is, we're doing this on Tuesday. Uh, I still haven't even recorded this week's episode. So they're actually going to hear the Wednesday episode first. And, <laughs> and we've recorded this prior to me recording <laughs> that. But, uh, I just watched the captain Marvel trailer. Yes, I saw it too. This morning that looks so I want to ask you because I don't know anything. Are you familiar with Captain Marvel and, and the stories and things like that? Uh, I, yes, uh, vaguely or something. Okay, I don't know anything about Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel used to be a man. Yeah, and he died of cancer. He yes. was the first like superhero to not get killed by a villain, but right. get killed by something like his power gave him cancer or something like. Oh, that. really? I believe so. Okay, well, that sucks. <laughs> Every see everything gives you cancer. Yes. Your superpower. Uh, Wolverine got adamantium cancer in Logan. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a time where she was Miss Marvel. Okay. In the comics. M M S. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Miss Marvel. But aren't they two completely different people now? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, maybe I'm there's Miss Marvel's black suit with the, the yellow stripe on it and she's having comics made. And then yeah. there's, and then there's Captain Marvel, uh, the Carol, Dan Carol Danvers. I, I, I know very little. I know only what they've said in the press, <laughs> press conferences. But she's like, do you, I don't know what her power is. She's just sort of a, a Supergirl. Oh, okay. Uh, she okay. can fly, strength, you know, uh, invulnerability. Okay. So that's pretty much it. She's pretty much That's a, pretty goddamn good, though. Yeah, it is pretty. Fly, yeah. Flying, oh, no. strong, and invulnerable? One of the what else Yeah, doing? she's actually one of the strongest. She picked the best three. Yeah, she's one of the strongest superheroes out there. <laughs> that's what they were saying. So she's, for anyone who's, uh, yes. I guess, spoiler alert, if anyone hasn't seen infinity war and somehow you're like oh but i really want to be on the front page of this fucking <laughs> mr captain marvel thing uh she's they were saying that she's the the biggest deal she will be the strongest thing that anyone has seen in the mcu yeah when her movie comes out and of course at the end of uh, infinity war she's the one that you've seen it i'm not spoiling anything for you no, yeah i've seen it yeah yeah she's the one that what's his face uh nick furious calling on the yeah <laughs> on the pager it's just her symbol that shows up so she's going to be a very uh very important part of avengers 4 or right whatever. so i don't know it seems exciting do you do you know her story i don't okay i, couldn't, I, couldn't I don't either i thought i thought i'd ask it just because i'm like i don't yeah. i saw the trailer but uh so this is just complete nerd stuff you guys can <laughs> hang out for the next five minutes if you want or you can just end it early but i i know that they're using the crawls in her movie yes I don't know much about them. All I know is they were a big part of like X-Men story. Right? Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, right. And Fantastic yes. Four is a Fox property. Yes. So they were worried about how they were going to. Right. The Krulls are um, doppelgangers, shapeshifters. Okay. So they're from another planet and they can adopt the form of anybody, you know, of anybody. So, okay. So that's their power. That's their powers. So. And what's their deal? <laughs> they're just, they were just trying to take over the world by, uh, you know, by becoming world leaders and stuff, you know, taking the place sort of like invasion of the body. I was just going to yeah. say it's invasion of the body snatchers, yeah. except they're able to articulate things that are <gasps> yes. just screaming and but they, they become exact duplicates of, of, of people around. Do they, do they actually eliminate the person and then take their place? Oh, Not I, like, I know that's invasion of the body snatchers, but I mean like, um, you know, kill them. Like what's his face? 
chameleon in Spider-Man or Mysterio or whatever, like where they're actually just pretending to be the person. Yes. They haven't actually like killed them and then replaced right. they, them. Right. Yeah, they tie they don't, them up. They don't assimilate them. Right, like the thing. The thing assimilates you and then becomes you and pretends right. to be you. So they just, they just. You know. No, no, they don't. They just copy you. They don't assimilate. Yeah, so. yeah. They don't. They don't eliminate you and then no. and then take no, your no. place or whatever. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty fucking interesting. I mean, I, I'm interested to see how they're gonna do it because in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, everything's getting more and more cosmic. Yeah. You know, with Iron Man and Captain America, it's just strong dudes running around Earth with plausible scientific things. Mm-hmm. I liked. Um, it's really interesting, eh? Because the whole idea of being able to do super movies that were really out there, unless it was Superman, something that everybody knew, and it was just so out there, um, you couldn't do it. It was like it's like, oh, that doesn't make sense. It was hard to to make things like Spider Man and mm. and Daredevil, where guys are swinging through buildings right. and shit like that, and make it like, how does anyone believe this shit? Oh yeah, radioactive spider. But they did such a good job with Marvel of taking their time to slowly just introduce one thing and then something that could go a little bit further right. and a little bit further. The whole. Um, thing right before Age of Ultron with Loki's scepter was that the idea that they somehow used this cosmic thing to start giving cosmic powers mm-hmm. to other people. So now no one's going, well, how did they get these powers? Like, no, no, just the scepter. Like, yeah. it, people just accepted it. Oh, no, no, it's just ma- space magic. We've gone from little bit to little bit to little bit. Now it's space magic. Now anything can be anything because there's space magic in it. Well, it was, uh, well, um, I'm going to... Uh, do you you know uh, Derek, the manager of the Kingston Club? Oh, McFarland. Yeah, yes, yeah. he does a he does a podcast called the Canadian Movie Crew. Okay, and I've been on that, and um, so I'm going to plug that. I did a we Don't did you fucking dare listen to that instead of this. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> we did kidding. a show um, where we reviewed uh, back in the 70s. They did Captain America TV movies. Okay, and we reviewed one of those, and just. Just how far we've come in yeah. that time, but uh, but if the, yeah, so but just it was just this horrible TV Captain America movie, and and now just looking what we have, it's just totally different. But but that was fun, just just seeing the early stages of just trying to get superheroes on the screen and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. now they're like the biggest. Now they're the cash biggest things cows. ever. Yeah, yeah. Like okay, um, question for you: Are you a, a Marvel? Or Marvel. DC? Marvel. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Marvel. What do you like? So let me ask, Infinity War, what did you think? I liked it. Yeah? I did, yeah. Did you feel like they did justice to the storyline and everything I, like that? Yeah, for the most part, I believe so. I, I did like that they got rid of uh, death being a real thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because in the comic books, for, any, and for anyone who's listening, who cares, uh, Thanos is in love with, with death, like Mistress Death. She's like a physical embodiment of death, and she's the one who basically gives him the errand of destroying half the life on earth mm. and he's more than happy to try to do that to please her and and so when he gets all the infinity stones she i think she asked him to get her the stones right and i instead, believe so and instead he kept them to to be worthy of to her. make the infinity gauntlet yeah exactly mm. and then basically he he doesn't do he doesn't kill half the life he just thinks well now i've got these i'm i'm your equal death you should we should be together and uh mephisto says well hey you you know she, she doesn't pay attention to him. She completely like ignores him like he's nothing. And Mephisto says, you know, well, maybe she's ignoring you because you didn't do the thing that she asked you to do. <laughs> and he's like, oh, of course. And in, like within seconds of him being told that, he goes, oh, absolutely. How inappropriate of any lover to, mm. you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he snaps his fingers and, and kills half the life in the universe. Mm. And uh, I, I like that they, that, I mean, in fact, the story that they told the movie, I actually think is kind of better in the sense that instead of being like, oh, death, I love you. How do I do what you want? It was a real problem that's in the world is the, the overpopulation mm-hmm. issue. And I think the fact that they made him, 
the argument has been made that in the Marvel movies, they're doing so much better because instead of it being like a bunch of black rock monsters, like in Suicide Squad or <laughs> flying mosquitoes in Justice League, <laughs> every one of the villains in the Marvel movies, as much as they're the villain, you can understand where they're coming from. There's mm -hmm. a very human aspect to their plight and what they're trying to do. Like everyone can understand where Killmonger was coming from in Black Panther. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Feeling like, why the fuck are you hiding behind here with everything while all of your people all over the mm -hmm. world are, are being persecuted and have nothing, you know? Uh, same with Thanos. Like if you think about what he's trying to do, bring balance and save, again, in his mind, save lives before everything gets destroyed. It's not just like, fucking Josh Brolin killed it. Yeah, that movie that was that, that uh, Thanos was fucking amazing. Uh, at first, when I saw the trailers with him not have, wearing the armor, just walking around ball, I was like, "That's weird." But it, it kind of works. <laughs> if he was walking around in that armor the whole time, it right. looks so yeah. silly. And I think the argument made was that once he got the the power and space stones, well, now he's got so much power he doesn't need all the protection. <laughs> and it was, and they were actually able to see his facial expressions mm -hmm. and things more. But um, I don't know. I I really liked the 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 direction that the movie went. I liked the idea that it's still the same outcome. Of of what he's what he's doing, but and, and the threat of it, but at the same time, it's not like he's trying to. He's not he's not doing it for a girl. You know he's not I mean? doing it to get the, he's not doing it to get laid. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Give her his purple people eater. Uh, I don't know. That's stupid. <laughs> but I, I I enjoyed that one. Um, what uh, do you have any any thoughts or predictions for the next one? I don't. I'm no? not even gonna try. Yeah. No. Are you still big big into comics and stuff? I'm. I don't. I mean, yeah. I, I'll. Um, I'll pick up a comic every once in a while, but I, I like the superhero superhero movies and stuff yeah. like that. And I stay, I, you know, I stay try to stay abreast to as much as I can. Have you seen uh, some of like the the set photos and stuff like that from the new one? I have. He's giving us the finger wearing a shirt that says "I'm not gay." He he, <laughs> he needs he's so defensive. He needs to wear it on his shirt. Uh, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, I keep looking at the window. I'm expecting books. One of my sponsors is sending books. Oh, there you go. Thank, but we're we're a couple of weeks waiting on them. Um, sorry, not that that needs to go on the podcast. But uh, I uh, the set photos from the new ones, uh, Avengers Four shows. Uh, did you see Ant Man and the Wasp? I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? No. Okay, so that there's some some elements from Infinity War that echo into that mm -hmm. movie. But uh, the set photos of Avengers 4 show uh, scenes from the very first Avengers, like when they're in New York taking on what's face, only Ant-Man is there too. Mm -hmm. And they have these sort of watch things on their hands with the, the Pimtech logo on them. So it looks like time travel is going to be. Oh, uh, I see. So there, or so, and something maybe to do with the quantum realm. But that's, <laughs> that's it. I don't know. I, th I think it's fascinating because I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, why? Did that's not set photos. I'm like, that's the first movie. And then it's like, no, but you see them. Captain America is wearing the blue mm. one that he had on from the first Avengers movie <laughs> and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm excited to see the Captain Marvel. Did you, do you, are you loving the DK stuff or DK? D, uh, DC stuff? Um, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> mind it. You that's know. a big no. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to like them. Now they're now they're they're clearly doing exactly what Marvel's doing and trying to bring up movies. Like Shazam is coming yes. out and Aquaman and mm -hmm. I don't even get the characters. Well, they need to make. They're making a sequel to Wonder Woman. That was it. Yep. Wonder Woman was good. Wonder Woman was great. Yeah, but it's not it's not enough to save all the stuff. Like they just got rid of uh, Henry Cavill. He's not Superman. Anymore. Oh, he's not. Yep, Ben Affleck is not coming back as Batman. Mm -hmm. So whatever everything that they were doing, I think they're trying to like cast aside the Zack Snyder stuff, but they're going to keep Wonder Woman. And they're obviously doing Aquaman with mm -hmm. Jason Momoa or whatever. So that's going to stay. So it's almost like they're going to put new people into the roles. And I don't know if they're just going to keep going. But 
clearly they are. Yeah. Wonder Woman staying the same. Aquaman staying the same. They're doing. Sh- was Shazam part of Justice League? No, no, no. So they're just. They're. I think they're just doing the same thing as Marvel. Let's just keep putting out movies, mm-hmm. whatever works, and then, then we'll make a Justice League where they fight flying mosquitoes. Yes, and that's <laughs> that was stupid. It was. It was. That dumb. was so stupid. And again, you don't care about anybody. The Suicide Squad is a thing that they're going to keep doing, I guess. So they're going to bring those characters. Well, back. I mean, yeah, I it, did. It got horrible reviews, but it did well. Yeah, but again, they're fighting these black rock monsters. Yeah. Like it's just, I honestly felt it was like, like like watching those movies is like the Power Rangers and the Putties. Well, they're probably going to give Harley Quinn a standalone movie. Yeah, because everyone just wants to see Margot Robbie in those shorts. Right. That's it. I, did you? I found that a little overdone in that movie. I know that sounds stupid. Like, oh, you didn't? You you were upset at how much of Margot Robbie says? But I'm like, but there's a point where you just go. This isn't even about like I like when you when you fit a little TNA into a movie. It makes me happy. But then when it's every scene and every angle has to be like they're standing around in a circle talking with the cameras below her butt. Mm-hmm. So in the foreground is her ass and then a couple heads standing either side of her, you know, hourglass shape. I'm like, at this point, you're just trying to showcase her ass. I'm like, all right, get back. Give me that fucking movie at this point. I get it. She's hot. Something else. I don't know. That 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 stuff pisses me off when I'm like, I get it. I get it. I fucking it. get I it. Know. Yeah. She's hot. I still have the erection from three seconds ago when you showed her ass. <laughs> Go on with the story for Christ's sakes. Um, okay. Well, I, I just thought I'd, uh, I'd, I'd chat with us about <laughs> well, the comments. We'll, we'll end on her ass. Yeah. We'll end on Margot. <laughs> Isn't that where most guys want to end? That, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, oh. Hey, there we go. I should, I should hack laugh. All right. Uh, Scott, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. It yeah, was great. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, I look forward to seeing you this weekend at the club. Cool. I'm yep. not sure what night I'm going to make it out. If you guys have uh, an opportunity to come see Scotty, absolutecomedy.ca will make it easy for you to find showtimes and you can even buy your tickets online. Uh, you know, or, or get the phone number and call the club. Um, so, dude, thank you so much. Bulldog Chronicles on your Facebook page. Yes. And scottyblanco.com is your website. Right. Awesome. Thank you for coming out, my friend. I hope you guys come out this weekend and uh, we'll chat again soon, man. Sounds Thanks good. so much. I'll talk to you later. Cheers. Cheers.